part of the Press Play Podcast Network. Are you tired of struggling with dandruff, dryness, and harsh chemicals for your beautiful melanin skin? Well, look no further than beyond Skin Deep, your ultimate solution for skin that's nourished, vibrant, and natural. Experience the transformation firsthand, just like I did. Say goodbye to dandruff in your beard and say hello to a healthier, more radiant you. What sets Beyond Skin Deep apart? It's not just a product, it's a commitment to your skin's well-being. Their environmentally friendly approach brings you the power of all natural ingredients, ensuring your skin feels revitalized without any greasy residue. And the best part? It actually works. Gone are the days of relying on harsh chemicals, medicated shampoos, and creams that just don't deliver. With Beyond Skin Deep, you're choosing a path that's gentle on your skin and the planet. You can find their amazing products on Amazon, Walmart, and itsbeyondskindeep.com. That's itsbeyondskindeep.com. Again, itsbeyondskindeep.com. Elevate your skincare routine to new heights. Choose Beyond Skin Deep, where the journey to healthier, more vibrant skin begins. Your skin deserves the best, and Beyond Skin Deep delivers it naturally. Chapter 20, War, Drugs, and a Way Forward, Part 1. Book 1, The Shadow of Criminalization and Mass Incarceration. In the annals of American history, a chapter marked by the dark shadow of criminalization, mass incarceration, has left an indelible mark on black communities. It was a period when the very concept of justice seemed to fracture along racial lines, giving rise to profound disparities in the treatment of drug-related offenses. The stage was set against the backdrop of the 1980s and 1990s, an era when the United States launched a full-throttle campaign known as the War on Drugs. Ostensibly aimed at curbing drug abuse and its associated ills, this campaign would inadvertently become a crucible of injustice disproportionately affecting black communities. As the war on drugs gained momentum, it brought with it a series of punitive measures that would reverberate for generations. Foremost among these was the introduction of mandatory minimum sentences for drug offenses. These draconian laws decree that individuals convicted of specific drug-related crimes must serve a predetermined minimum sentence, often bereft of judicial discretion. The consequences of these sentencing guidelines were far-reaching. For Black Americans, mandatory minimum sentences became a harrowing trap. The justice system began to team with Black individuals, many ensnared for non-violent drug offenses, often driven by circumstances rooted in poverty and a lack of access to resources. The stark irony lay in the fact that while drug use cut across all racial lines, black individuals faced the harshest consequences, routinely receiving sentences many times longer than their white counterparts for similar offenses. The social fabric of black communities began to unravel under the weight of this injustice. Families were torn apart as mothers, fathers, and siblings were incarcerated, leaving behind a void that could seldom be filled. Children grew up in single-parent households or were left in the care of relatives, often navigating a turbulent path shown with economic instability, 
emotional trauma, and too frequently further encounters with the criminal justice system. As time endured, it was becoming painfully apparent that the criminal justice system was not merely a tool for maintaining law and order, but a system fraught with racial bias and systemic injustice. It was a system that had failed to uphold the principles of fairness and equality, casting a long, dark shadow over America's hopes for a more just society. From the Hyman Blog and the Press Play Podcast Network, I'm J.D. Hyman. As a black man living here in America, I am living proof that while all men were created equal, not all men are equal. We're here to dig into the American political system, explore and unearth experiences from the human condition, and be a catalyst for some hard conversations that need to be had, conversations that demand to be had. No matter what brought you here, I'm glad you came. Once again, my name is JD, and this is the Hyman Podcast. Defined by the intersection of racial disparities, drug policies would serve as a catalyst for a broader social movement, one that sought to address not only the injustices of mass incarceration, but also the root causes of drug-related issues within Black communities. It would be a movement characterized by a call for reform, a pursuit for equitable policies, and a quest to dismantle the shadow that had long obscured the promise of justice for all. Book Two, A Brief History on the War on Drugs the story of the war on drugs begins in the late 1960s under the leadership of President Richard Nixon. It was a time of great societal upheaval, marked by anti-war protests, civil rights movements, and a growing counterculture. Amid this backdrop, President Nixon declared a new kind of war, one that would target not a foreign enemy, but a perceived internal threat, the abuse of drugs. With a stern resolve, Nixon launched what he famously dubbed as the War on Drugs. This war was characterized by stringent law enforcement efforts to combat drug use and trafficking within the United States. In 1973, Nixon established the Drug Enforcement Administration, or the DEA, to consolidate and intensify federal efforts against illicit drugs. As the pages of this narrative turned into the 1980s, it was President Ronald Reagan who took up the mantle of the war on drugs and elevated it to new heights, declaring drug abuse to be public enemy number one. Reagan implemented a series of policies and laws that would last for decades. The Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986 became a hallmark of Reagan's approach. This legislation introduced mandatory minimum sentences for drug offenses with particularly severe penalties for offenses involving crack cocaine, a form of the drug more prevalent in urban, predominantly black communities. The crack cocaine sentencing disparities would later be widely criticized for their disproportionate impact on black individuals. The 1980s culminated with the presidency of George H.W. Bush, who continued the hardline stance against drugs. His administration upheld and expanded the policies initiated by Reagan, 
focusing on strict law enforcement measures and increased funding for drug interdiction efforts. By the 1990s, the war on drugs had evolved into a complex and controversial narrative. President Bill Clinton's administration maintained a robust approach to drug policy, introducing measures like the three strike laws, which impose mandatory life sentences for certain repeat offenders. Yet, amid the punitive measures, Clinton's administration also recognized some of the unintended consequences of the drug war. The Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994, signed into law by Clinton, included funding for community policing efforts and acknowledged the need for a balanced approach to addressing drug-related offenses. It was a recognition that the war on drugs had not only carried a heavy human cost, but it also raised questions about fairness and equity. Under the leadership of President George W. Bush, the focus on the war on drugs extended beyond U.S. borders. The administration launched initiatives like the Merida Initiative, which aimed to enhance cooperation with Mexico and Central American countries in the battle against drug cartels. The election of Barack Obama brought a nuanced perspective to the war on drugs. His administration shifted away from mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent drug offenses, emphasizing alternatives to incarceration, treatment, and prevention. It recognized the need for a comprehensive and compassionate approach to drug policy. In more recent years, the opioid epidemic took center stage as President Donald Trump declared it a public health emergency. His administration intensified law enforcement efforts against opioid trafficking while also recognizing the importance of treatment and prevention. This multi-chapter narrative of the war on drugs is one marked by evolving policies, shifting priorities, and a growing awareness of its consequences. It is a story that continues to shape discussions on drug policy, criminal justice, and social equity in the United States. More on this after the break. What's up, everyone? Chase Smith here, host of the Chase Smith Podcast, and my podcast reflects who I am. My hobbies, my interests, my passions, my curiosities, my careers, my questions, and my family. I'll spend time talking about all types of sports, movies, TV shows, trending news stories, and other cultural events, and even faith. This is who I am, and I hope I can get to know you as well. Join me on the Chase Smith Podcast, and let's have some thought-provoking conversations only on the Press Play Podcast Network. Hello, Brooks here with the Books with Brooks monthly book club podcast. Here's how Books with Brooks works. We read one book a month, and then we talk about it. Classics like Stephen King's The Shining, debut novels like We Are the Brennans by Tracy Lang, and tons of other compelling, life-changing stories, one book and one month at a time. So come read along with us, and then listen in. Hey everyone, this is Don Mike Mendoza, the host of Producing While Asian. Join us in season two for more conversations with actors, artists, producers, and more from Broadway, Hollywood, and beyond every other Wednesday on the Press Play Podcast Network. Book three, The Weight of Disproportionate Arrests and Sentencing. 
As the war on drugs unfolded during the Reagan era, it brought with it a host of policies that would cast a long and shadowy pall over the lives of many Americans, particularly in black communities. This era is a somber tale of the profound consequences of disproportionate arrests and harsh sentencing. One of the defining features of this time was the emergence of the crack cocaine epidemic, which disproportionately affected urban communities, especially those with predominantly black populations. Crack, a crystalline form of cocaine, was relatively inexpensive and highly addictive, leading to widespread use and associated social problems. The response to crack was swift and severe. The Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986, signed into law by President Reagan, created a stark disparity in sentencing between crack cocaine and powder cocaine offenses. Under this law, possession of just 5 grams of crack cocaine triggered a mandatory minimum sentence of 5 years in prison, while it took 500 grams of powder cocaine to warrant the same sentence. This 100 to 1 sentencing disparity would have a profoundly disparate impact on black individuals, as crack cocaine was more prevalent in their communities. The consequences of this disparate sentencing were far-reaching and in many ways devastating. Black individuals, often already marginalized by systemic inequalities, found themselves disproportionately targeted by law enforcement. Police focused their efforts on urban neighborhoods, conducting aggressive sweeps and arrests, leading to a heightened sense of distrust and hostility towards law enforcement in these communities. The weight of these sentences, often for minor infractions, meant that individuals faced years, if not decades, of separation from their families and communities. Moreover, these harsh drug policies exacerbated racial disparities within the criminal justice system. Black Americans, despite similar rates of drug use compared to white Americans, were disproportionately arrested, convicted, and sentenced to longer prison terms for drug offenses. The prison population swelled, primarily with black individuals, further contributing to the cycle of generational disadvantage. As the chapter in the Reagan era closed, the disproportionate impact of drug arrests and sentencing was increasingly recognized as a profound social and racial injustice. Critics argued that the war on drugs had perpetuated systemic racism, exacerbated societal divisions, and failed to address the root cause of drug addiction. In the years that followed, the call for reform would grow louder, echoing the need for a more equitable and compassionate approach to drug policy. The disparities in arrests and sentencing during the Reagan era would become a focal point in the ongoing national conversation about criminal justice reform and the legacy of the war on drugs. Book four, the struggle for economic equity. Amid the backdrop of the war on drugs in the 1980s, a profound struggle for economic equity was taking place in the United States. This era delves into the economic repercussions of the drug war particularly how it deepened existing disparities within the black communities. As the punitive policies of the war on drugs led to a surge in arrests and mass incarceration, the economic stability of black communities came under siege. The repercussions were far-reaching, touching nearly every aspect of life for those ensnared in the criminal justice system. One of the most immediate consequences was the loss of employment opportunities. 
Individuals with criminal records, particularly those who had served time for drug offenses, faced significant hurdles when seeking employment. Employers were often reluctant to hire individuals with criminal backgrounds, contributing to persistently high levels of unemployment and underemployment among Black Americans. Moreover, the disruption caused by the incarceration of a significant number of Black men had a ripple effect on family dynamics. With fathers and breadwinners often absent from households, families were thrust into financial instability. Single-parent households became more common, with mothers shouldering the responsibility of providing for their children. The strain on family finances further deepened the cycle of poverty and economic hardship. The war on drugs compounded the pre-existing economic challenges faced by many Black Americans. Systemic racism, unequal access to quality education, housing discrimination, and limited economic opportunities had already hindered upward mobility. The drug war's emphasis on punitive measures rather than addressing the root causes of drug addiction exacerbated these issues. Additionally, the burden of legal fees and fines associated with drug-related arrests further drained financial resources from already struggling families. Individuals caught in the criminal justice system often face mounting debt, making it even more challenging to escape the cycle of poverty. The economic disparities resulting from the war on drugs had long-term consequences that extended beyond individual families. Communities with high rates of incarceration experienced a loss of human capital, as many individuals who could have contributed to their neighborhoods and local economies were instead behind bars. Furthermore, the economic hardships faced by those impacted by the drug war contributed to the sense of hopelessness and despair in some communities. This, in turn, had implications for the overall well-being of these areas, affecting everything from educational outcomes to community cohesion. It was becoming evident that addressing economic disparities was as vital as addressing the criminal justice aspects of the drug war. The struggle for economic equity would persist as a central theme in the broader fight for racial justice in the United States. In the subsequent times of this narrative, the call for economic empowerment and opportunities within the Black communities would grow louder, leading to efforts aimed at dismantling systemic barriers and creating pathways to economic advancement. The legacies of the drug war's economic impact continue to shape discussions on policy related to criminal justice reform, economic development, and social equity in the United States. Book 5, Family Bonds and Communities Frayed In the midst of the war on drugs, a poignant narrative unfolded, one that illuminated the profound impact on family bonds and the fabric of communities, especially within Black neighborhoods. This era delved into the far-reaching consequences of the drug war on the very foundations of society. As the drug war intensified, so did the number of arrests and incarcerations, particularly black individuals. These arrests didn't just affect individuals involved, they sent shockwaves through families, tearing them apart. Many found themselves grappling with the heart-wrenching reality of having loved ones incarcerated, often for nonviolent drug offenses. Husbands and fathers were separated from their wives and children. Mothers were taken away from their sons and daughters. 
These separations left behind a void that could seldom be filled. These separations had lasting impacts on many families. Children faced the trauma of growing up with parents behind bars, their formative years marked by visits to prison facilities and the stigma that came with having an incarcerated family member. One of the immediate consequences was the rise of single parent households, predominantly led by mothers. These mothers were left with the heavy responsibility of providing for their families and maintaining some semblance of stability in the absence of their incarcerated partners. It was a daunting task, one that often came with financial hardship and emotional strain. Single parent households, while resilient, faced the challenges of navigating a society that was often ill-equipped to support their unique needs. Many mothers had to juggle work, childcare, and the emotional well-being of their children, all while contending with the stigma and societal judgment associated with having a family member in prison. The impact of parental incarceration didn't stop with the immediate family. It had generational consequences that rippled through communities. Children growing up without one or both parents face heightened risk of poverty, academic struggles, and emotional trauma. The cycle perpetuated itself as these children faced a higher likelihood of becoming involved in the criminal justice systems themselves. Communities, too, felt the weight of these disruptions. With a significant portion of their population behind bars, they lost community members who might contribute to local economies, educational initiatives, and social cohesion. The absence of fathers and mothers in neighborhoods created a void that often led to the breakdown of the social fabric. As this chapter unfolded, it became increasingly clear that the war on drugs was exacting a heavy toll on families and communities. Calls for reconciliation and support for those affected by parental incarceration grew louder. Advocates emphasized the need for policies that would allow families to stay connected during incarceration and provide resources for reintegration once individuals were released. What we could see clearly was that the drug war narrative underscored the importance of addressing not only the criminal justice aspects of drug policy, but also the profound and familial consequences. It served as a stark reminder that the impact of the drug war reached beyond individuals. It stretched into the very heart of communities and the bonds that held them together. End of part one. My name is J.D. Hyman. This is the Hyman Podcast. I'll see you next time. The Hyman Podcast was written, edited, and produced by myself. Share with guests Whitney Hall and Mary Louise Layton co-produce and research. Cover art and branding by Kevin Aki. The theme music was composed and produced by Jim Yosef with additional music license from Epidemic Sound. The Hyman Podcast is a production of the Press Play Podcast Network. Press Play is staffed by Chase Smith, our CEO and fearless leader. I serve as Chief Operating Officer, and Brooks May is a Chief Creative Officer. To learn more about the network, sponsorships, guest appearances, or if you're interested in launching your own podcast on our network, visit us on the web at www.pressplaypodcast.com. To learn more about this podcast, our mission and vision, or for sponsorship information, please visit us on the web at www.jdhyman.com.